ott van még Nikolic, Nígó felé, Nígó helyzetben, gól! Gól! Nígó kiegyenlít! Bravo Loik, bravo Lolikám, Lajos, szép gól volt! Sallai, azon mellett még el tudjuk hozni. Sőt, Szoboszlai kap labdát. Szoboszlai előtte, Nikolic bent középült könyves. Szoboszlai, könyves szép helyet csinált neki. Szoboszlai lő, gól! Gól! Hát ez ott van! Milyen hosszabbítás! Semmilyen! Semmilyen! Le kell fújni! Elvére kell menni! Nem is kell menni sehova! Itthon kell maradni! Maradj otthon! A Puskás stadionban jövőre! Szoboszlai góljával kettő! Hi guys and welcome to another episode of the Hungarian Football Podcast. This week it's episode number 40 and we thought we would do something different for a change. And that's to give you guys the floor. I am merely going to be a mouthpiece for you today. It's all about your questions and answering them. This week will be Tom Mortimer. Hello Gabby, how's it going? I'm very well, thank you Tom. I hope you are too. And uh, Chris Barrett. Hey Chris. Hey, Gabby, how you doing? I'm very well, thank you very much, sir. Um, it's been a been a fun week for um, Hungarian football again. Obviously, Friday's showing in the Champions League wasn't the best. Um, and the first question that we've got, uh, kind of, it's from a wishing fish, and it's centred around what might happen next season. Probably too early to tell, but... Um, the question is, where do you think Friday will end up next season in Europe if they win NB1? Um, is the Europa League first knockout round a reasonable expectation, for instance? What do you think, Tom? Um, I think yes, definitely. Um, I think it's possible. Maybe not at expectations. I think setting expectations in, in Europe is, is really tough because it... So much depends on on the draw, as as we know. Um, in a in a more realistic, well, in a in a predicted world, we would have expected Celtic to really dispatched Ferenc Varos, and um, and I guess Ferenc Varos got them on a season where Celtic are, are well below the best, as as we've seen from Celtic's performance in the SPL and um, in the Europa League, but. If they'd have come across Celtic in five years ago when they were at kind of their peak of their powers, or they come across uh, another amazing team that they could have played in in that qualifying stage, like a Red Bull Salzburg, for example, you don't expect Ferenc Faros to beat them. So I think I think that word expectation is 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 a tough one to to throw about in in these kind of games. Um, I think. As long as Ferenc Varos put up a good performance um, against these type of teams and they're not embarrassed, I think that is more of an expectation, really. I think that's what should be expected of them, to beat the teams they're expected to beat and to be uh, um, competitive against the teams that they're not expected to beat. Um, I think I think any season where they don't qualify for Europe going forward will be a... Uh, a disappointment, um, but I think they will get close to that now because they're going to have a good seed in after this season. So if they do drop into the Europa League, they'll probably get favourable ties to get into the um, 
into the group stages. So I think that's a I think that's more of an expectation. And then to get through the group as as they would need to to obviously reach the first qualifying round, like um, like the the question said. Um, it, again, it depends so much on the draw. You get drawn against. I don't know. I think it's possible AC Milan and Tottenham potentially. Like you could get them in the same group. Um, then obviously the expectation is to not finish in the top two there. So like, I, I, it, it's very tough to say you've got to get to this round because it's it, it's it's an unfair expectation. As long as they perform, I think that that's what um, the fans want to see more than anything really. And if that means qualifying for the Champions League, great. I think to expect Champions League every year is um, unrealistic. Um, I know that's what the fans will want to see, but it's at this point, it's not realistic. Maybe five years down the line, it will be, but right now it's not. Um, but I think getting into Europe every year is, is an expectation. I think that's fair. And um, anything beyond that is a bonus. Mm. And Chris... Obviously, with um, Friday's next game uh, against Kiev, uh, a win will see them go into the Europa League, uh, obviously bypassing the group stage of it. Um, with the form that they'll take into it in, in Europe, we probably won't get to get a good evaluation of what Friday would be like in the Europa League because they'll, they're bound to meet the, the group winners or second place. Um what do you think in terms of? As obviously, we're not Friday fans. So it's hard for us to give it, you know, our all on it. But getting spanked every week in the Champions League or being competitive in the Europa League at the start of the European campaign, you, you had to choose one. What one are you going with? Well, I think you always go with the money, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, they're they're getting a, a really really nice. Um, paycheck at the end of this season. Uh, let's be honest. Television, um, you know, the just the the prestige of the Champions League. I mean, I think I think you want to be there. Um, in fact, you know, let's let's be honest with ourselves too. At the very beginning of this, a few months ago, when we were talking about them entering into the group stage, um, they're 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 pretty much performing exactly as we thought. You know, two maybe three points out of this group we thought would be a good um a, a good run for them and and they're going to get they've got one it's good possibility they get a draw um i think that's all kiev really needs in order to advance so um you know it's going to be a, a cold dark uh game next week but you know they're they're within seconds or a, a minute or two of drawing against juventus and turin i mean that that's not bad we would have we would have loved to have seen that you know so um I, th I think spanked every week is harsh. I know against Barcelona they were, um, you know, but I do think that uh, they've they've shown fairly well for uh, at least as expected, right? Um, this this year, um, and I think if they um, if they do get into uh, the Europa League next year, which I think is probably a little more realistic, as as Thomas said, um, you know, uh, falling short of getting lucky against one of the top tier opponents in in Champions League uh, qualification, then, um, you know, I think that's something that they can continue to look forward towards and building that coefficient. That's I think that's really the main thing. Uh, if we're talking about expectations, uh, you know, I think for for Hungarian football, just to be successful um, at certain levels is going to really help the entire league in terms of qualifications, 
building up some momentum and all that kind of stuff. I'm not quite sure if I'm answering your question, but I just I think I think it's just really good for them to be at that top tier and do okay. I mean, they, their 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 goal difference was about what we expected. The results were about what we expected, and we pretty much thought they were going to come down to this last game against uh, Dinamo Kiev to decide whether they're actually going to get into the uh, round of 32 in the Europa League. So they're there and congratulations to them for that. Um, I think moving forward, um, uh, Europa League group stage is probably the better uh, target, at least more realistic target. Um, And uh, I I think that uh, they would probably want to take their chances, um, you know, moving, moving through that uh, next fall, but um, you know, we'll see. Again, there's so much that's going to happen between now and then. And I think we were talking a little bit before uh, before we, we got on that uh, it is kind of um, uh, really a, a long prognostication here of trying to determine what might happen next summer, early summer into fall. But um, um, I think we're enjoying what we're seeing right now, um, unless you're a Friday fan, of course. And um, uh, the fact that there is somebody in Europe, a team, a Hungarian team in Europe, uh, not completely embarrassing themselves every week uh, is good. And it's, it gives us something to look forward to, I think, in the future. So more of that um, optimism spilling over from the last show there, Chris. I, I like that. <laughs> um, we're going to stick with Friday. A lot, of, a lot of questions, obviously, they're the biggest club in Hungary with the most fans. So a lot of the questions we're getting are revolving around um, uh, Friday. So we're going to stick with them for this for this first section anyway. So, Tom, um, another question we've got is Laduni was not a definite starter at Voluntari and in Budapest he's become uh, a boss and Azuni wasn't the best at uh, Lokomotiv and here he is as well playing like a boss. These are the, these are the words I'm reading off. Um, what's Red Rob's secret in turning these guys uh, you know, into really, really good players? I think it's harsh to say um, Izuni wasn't a boss or wasn't great at Lokomotiv. I, I think he was. I think for two seasons he was very good there. Um, I mean, you just look at his stats and they're, I mean they're pretty impressive for a, for a player of his type playing for a, um, not a top club in um, in Croatia. Um, so I, I don't think he was particularly bad and and. Obviously, he was bought for a lot of money, um, so I think there's a reason why he came for uh, quite an expensive fee. Um, they Ferenc Varos aren't silly, and as th- th- we've said before, their scouting system is really good. So um, I don't think they'd have splashed out on on a, on a player like that if if they didn't know he was obviously very good, and he was obviously an Albanian international, and we saw. Albania at the Euros four years ago, and they're not a bad team at all. So yeah, I think that's a bit harsh on. Azuni, um, I think he's kind of performing to to his, uh, what we expect of his price tag, and I think it's unfair to, for players to be judged on their price tag a lot of the time. That's not their not their fault that they were bought for that, but I think he's kind of performing to the level we would expect, um, really. Um, with Lyduni, yeah, I think it's fair. I think Lyduni was brought in as a um, as a, as a backup, really. Um, with uh, with the centre midfielders that Frodi have got um, in Hatali and Somali and Shiga, they, they were they've been very good for Frodi 
every one of them since they've come into that side. So to displace them, um, I mean, Somalia actually started quite slowly, but we all know his his capabilities of from when he was at Frodi before, and obviously he played for Toulouse in in Ligue 1 and was a regular there. So we obviously knew his qualities. So I think Lydini was kind of brought in as a as a stopgap, um, but. I, I hesitate to say he's a boss at Prodi, but I, I think he's he's just done his job really well. Um, he's a different kind of centre midfielder to to the other um, other three that I've just mentioned. He's a big, physical, robust midfielder who's tidy on the ball, whereas Somalia, for example, is a box-to-box midfielder. He's a lot more dynamic, um, not quite as disciplined as someone like Laiduni. And I think if the the style of football that Freddy have played in the games um, in the Champions League so far. They need that kind of like Dooney type figure in front of the defence. So I think I think he just fits the system. Whether he will thrive in MB1 when the going gets a little bit tougher, because I feel at the moment Freddy are kind of just going through the motions in MB1 and playing a lot harder in the Champions League as to be expected, obviously. Um, I think once Freddy kind of up the ante a little bit in... Um, in MB1, then it will be interesting to see whether Laiduni is a is quite as impactful in, in the league games because he's great for a defensive side, but and I think that's why he looks so good because the team isn't really set up to defend. It's it's, it's an attacking team which play attacking football every every week in MB1. So him being introduced into the team in that. In role probably makes him stand out a little bit, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what he's like uh, over the next few months. I mean, it's a long season; there's a long, uh, a lot of games to go as well. So um, I think it's very interesting, actually, Frodi's squad because they've got so many amazing players in so many different positions, and and they've all come from very random places, like you say, with um, Lidini coming from Voluntari, and then you got Robert Mack coming in from Turkey, who's barely played he's barely even I don't think he started any of the champ. No, no he hasn't started any of the Champions League games um, he's obviously a massive talent so um, Red Bull has got a, a very interesting job at that squad but I'm going off a bit off topic a little bit there <laughs> we don't mind that at all Tom we're a flexible podcast here <laughs> Chris um Talking of Rebrov, his stock is rising by the week. Um, you know, despite the results that they have been getting in in the Champions League, um, the way they've set up and and the performances that I have put in have, have certainly raised some eyebrows. Um, so it's that it's that old question again, but this time it's asked by Charlie. Um, how likely are they to to keep him um, in Budapest? Or, you know, what's what's a possible destination for him? Charlie's thinking maybe a mid-table Italian or Spanish club? Yeah, I mean, I think this is more of a question for Rebrov, isn't it? Um, I, I think for him, uh, his check, he can write his own check at this point. Um, you know, if, if he wants to stay at Friday and he has unfinished business personally, then he's going to be here for as long as he wants to. I, I don't see them getting rid of him for any reason. Um, but yeah, looking forward, um, it all depends on his ambition. And I'm not quite sure if there's ever been any, uh, um, you know, uh, if, if he's really kind of revealed that he has any ambition at this point past uh, Ferenc Farish. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't see any, I don't see a mid uh, table 
uh, Italian or Spanish team outside of what he can uh, um, he can make uh, you know accomplish at this point. I mean, he definitely can. I think jump into any one of those clubs at this point and be successful. Um, but uh, I, I I personally think he's got unfinished business. I think he would. Um, maybe like to um, just kind of hearkening back to that last question, maybe get into um, uh, spring European football by getting into the Europa League um, knockout rounds. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, it, it really all depends on him. You know, what, what are his goals? I'm not quite sure. And he hasn't, uh, at least from what I've seen, he hasn't been very forthcoming in, in, in where he wants to be or what he wants to do. Um, you, you have to imagine that he's fairly comfortable there. Um, he definitely is not somebody, uh, and I don't mean comfortable in the fact that, you know, he's he's uh, he's squeaking by, and you know, he's he's kind of skating and uh, or cantering through this season. Because you can tell he's he's constantly demanding excellence uh, from himself, from his players. Uh, you see it on his face. You see it in his body language. Um, he is someone that demands excellence from everybody around him. But um, I, I think moving forward, any one of uh, 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 any type of any type of team, I guess, mid-table, uh, any of the uh, the larger divisions, I think he'd be uh, fairly comfortable in. But um, you know where he's going to go uh, after this season. My guess is he's going to stick around for at least one more season. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it, it it depends what he wants to do as a as a person and and as a manager. I think you're always going to strive for something for higher. Uh, he could be very complacent there. I just now chasing, you know, tasting the the Champions League. I just wonder whether the NB one will be enough for him to keep him there, because one minute you're you're away to Poch, the next minute you're away in in Turin. It's that kind of, you know, does he want to be at a team that's going to be in the Champions League every year or, you know, definitely in the Europa League every year? It's it's, it's definitely a tough one and he'll be a, a legend forever. That's a, that's a fact. Um, Tom David has asked, um, which recent-ish ex-Friday players would be starters for this team currently? Uh, he's thinking the likes of Besic, Goriaran, Pansil, Ramirez, etc. What do you think? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think you'd throw Adam Nodge in there as well. Um, I think Nodge would get in the team, but I think I think his lack of defensive um, nows would would be uh, a bit of a concern for for Rebrov. I mean, I've just spoken about Lydini. Uh, who would be? He's obviously a great fit in front of that defence, and uh, he would um, probably, probably be preferred in the Champions League. But um, obviously, Nodge is amazing and would bring a lot to this Friday team. Just the way he moves the ball so fast, it'd, it'd be a great, um, great outlet. Um, Ramirez is an interesting one because I loved Ramirez when he was at Frodi, um, at and when they lost him, I was like. How do you replace someone like that? And and Friday seemed to have done it with two different players. Like like Civic is obviously amazing. Was like the best left back in the in the league. In my opinion, I think in everyone's opinion, when we did the the show on the end of the season. And then they've got Heister, who I think is class. And I was really surprised that they even replaced him. So um, I think Ramirez. I don't think Ramirez. Well, I'm not sure if Ramirez would get in the squad, but obviously he's playing. Champions League football for 
for Krasnodar and he scored a banger um, a few weeks ago for Krasnodar in the Champions League. So it's hard to say that he wouldn't get in the squad, but obviously they don't particularly need him, um, even though that's not really the point of the question. Um, Besic, yeah, it's... Um, uh, Besic is at his best. He would get in the Froddy team and... To be honest, I think it'd be a really good move for Besic to actually move to Froddy because he's not finding it very easy in England. He's still at Everton. I can't remember the last time he was in the squad. I don't think he's probably been in the squad this season for them. Um, and he's just waiting to go. And I would, I was kind of hoping that maybe after Froddy qualified for the Champions League that they might bring him in. But... Um, a transfer window inexplicably in Hungary closed um, before Froddy qualified for the Champions League, so they couldn't actually do that. Um, I think he would definitely get in the side, and I think he'd be amazing for them in the Champions League. He has that. I mean, if you if you brought together a Besic and a Nodge and just combined all their best attributes, you'd have uh, Marco Verratti probably you'd have like one of the best centre midfielders in the world um, because Besic has all that aggressive aggressiveness um, he's an amazing defensive footballer he's good on the ball as well but not quite at Nodger's level um, so yeah combining those two would be amazing and, and if they played next to each other in the Frolly team that would be class um, who was the other one he mentioned did he mention someone else uh, Goriar oh yeah oh, I mean yeah I'd probably still have him in this team as well. Like, Goriana, his best was amazing. Um, like, his centre of gravity was just, be- like, so low. He's, like, beautiful, beautiful player to watch. Um, and he's doing really well by all accounts out in Mexico. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that would be my midfield three, to be fair. I'd have I'd have them all ahead of the current ones. I'd have, yeah, Besic, Nodjan, Goriana. Shit, what well, well, midfield? Um, and Ramirez, I take or leave Ramirez. I mean, like I say, he's doing he's doing well for himself in the Champions League, but um, probably are just stacked for left backs. What are they? I don't know how. I don't know. Have they just got a specific scouting system for left backs or something? Impressive <laughs> either way. Definitely is. Um, the guy that's that's getting a bit of stick recently, Chris, uh, poor goalkeeper. Dennis Dubus. Um, so, uh, another question from Wishing Fish. Um, a few howlers, he's saying. I think that's a bit harsh on him, but do you think other clubs will still be interested in buying him? Um, there was all the talk before the transfer window shut, uh, Belgium being one possibility. Nothing come to fruition. What do you think, Chris? Um, yeah, I mean, I think. I, I, interest is always there, right, for the right price, and so it it, it all depends on, um, uh, uh, I, I guess, re- really what uh, what they're looking for. I mean, Dibush is a good um, is a good goalkeeper. We we talked about really what his strength is. Um, he's definitely a shot stopper, and he's definitely a Hungarian type of goalkeeper. Um, and and we talked about that, and we've seen um, a lot of his. Uh, um, I guess faults maybe accentuated against top tier competition, but um, I think Debus is going to uh, continue to be with with Friday. I mean, if if, if a team like Besiktas or somebody else comes in, um, I, I 
I can't imagine him not wanting to at least try that in his career. Um, you know, for someone who's on the, uh, at least as a backup for the national team, um, if, if they would give him a starting role somewhere in a, in a, uh, a league with a little higher profile, I can't imagine him not at least giving that a shot. Um, you know, it, it all depends on what he does from that point on. But, um, you know, I, I, I guess if, if I'm putting my money on it, I say he stays at, at, uh, at Friday. But, uh, but if he does get a, a good offer, um, you know, don't forget that Friday also brought in Bogdan for maybe even for that reason that if uh, he is drawn away, that they have him to kind of fall back on, which is kind of funny saying fall back on because I still think Bogdan is a damn good keeper and he could be playing, um, uh, you know, in the Champions League or, or obviously in the league as well and, and still do really well. Uh, surprised he hasn't played at all, quite honestly, but, um, uh, but, um, but, but Dibbush is a good keeper. It's it's just going to be again one of those things where we'll 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 see at the end of the season what he decides to do. Yeah, I mean he's been at the club now seven years, so he's only three years away from a from a testimonial and and writing himself as as being a being a real club legend. Um, but he's also thirty years old, so. You know, do you want to take that chance in another country? Um, at the end of the day, he can play his career out there, winning league titles at a canter. So, uh, you know, I, I think he's he's likely to stick around. I mean, why wouldn't you? There's nothing to prove now. There's nothing to gain. So, yeah, for me, I think he uh, he, he sticks around. But, you know, football's a funny game like that. Other um, than the money, that would be the main thing. I mean, like, you know, we, we saw, we've seen... Uh, David Groff do the same thing where he took the money uh, moving to Friday, you know, and it didn't really work out that well for him. But I mean, if the money's there and he wants to try the money, then, you know, more power to him, I guess. But uh, I, I agree with you, Gabby. I think it's probably best for him to stay there for his career. Um, it all depends on what motivates you as a player, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't get his money with him. I, I genuinely don't feel that that, that would be the, that would be the uh, the case, and obviously he's now he can tick a box that says league winner, cup winner, played in the Champions League, Hungarian international. That's a hell of a career there already for him. So, yeah, but like you say, if someone's going to come and double his wages and, and give him a three-year contract at his age, then then possibly you do grab it. Um, but yeah, you, that's what he's like off the pitch. We don't know. We might be. Might be a, a quite good coaching material or something to stick around the club. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what he does. Of course, by the time this comes out, he could have left and gone to Besiktas and made me look stupid. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Um, so, Tom, moving on just briefly from from Friday. Um, next year, um, wishing fish again. He says, "Do you think it's realistic to?" expect two Hungarians in the uh, in the European competition group stages um, and to expect all four teams to do reasonably be well, like three in the um, Europa League qualifying and one in Champions League? Um, I think it is unrealistic to expect all the teams to do well, uh, yes. Because, I mean, like, for example, this season when we got Hanved in there, I mean, no, no offence, Gabby, but um, we've just seen how bad they are in the league this season. So, um, 
seeing them in in Europe, they're not going to have much chance, are they? Really? Um, they come up against anyone half decent, and they could get battered. And against even the smaller teams, they've not got that much chance. So, um, and that's one of the problems with Europa League qualifying. But anyway, what I was going to say is that. Um, it's actually not possible for us uh, to... Well, I mean, we, there's possible that we could see our teams qualify for a group stage, but um, they can't qualify for the Europa League because um, it's Europa League 2 next year, season or Europa League Conference League or whatever they're calling it. Um, so our three Hungarian teams, apart from Friday, obviously, who is still going to Champions League qualifying, are going into Europa League 2. Um, so the best that they could do is Europa League 2 which gives them more chance of qualifying for um, for the group stage um, it means that they're only going to play these other teams that like, there's less chance of getting one of the big boys in qualifying but then the big boys still will be in there so there will be a team from England and Spain and Germany and Italy and France in Europa League 2 qualifying. So, again, it's hard to put expectation, the expectation label there because of the teams that um, that Vidi are the team who we expect, obviously, to be the team who've got a chance of qualifying for the group stage. Depends on the draw. Um, we obviously saw this season, um, I can't remember that French team that they beat. Was it REM? R-E-I-M-S. Um, they beat them and that's really unexpected, really great. Um, so they could do that again, but I, I think it's unfair to expect them to do that every year. Um, again, it depends on the draw and it's it's always tough in Europa League and it'll be the same in Europa League too because of the teams you'll qualify, uh, you'll play. I think, again, like I say about Frodi, it's, it's, um, it's probably expected to qualify for a group stage now, be that Euro, uh, Champions League, be that Europa League or at worst, Europa League too. If they don't qualify for any of them, then that, that definitely is a disappointment. Um, expecting all four teams to do well, not for me. Vidi and, and Ferrari are, are great teams, but anyone below them, nope. Just must be reminded as as of as of recording right now, Kishvarda are in third place um, with a game in hand against the three their their three closest ch- chasers. Um, it's it's not looking good for for uh, Hungarian teams next summer, honestly, for qualification. With uh, Hanved sitting on nine points at the basement, Diaz in um, uh, 11th place, Wipesh in 10th place, and high-flying Mezikovej in 9th place, uh, with Budafok in 7th place. Four points clear of the line, guys. We're talking about really who's going to be challenging challenging for european dominance at this point in the summer <laughs> yeah you don't want kishvada's team i mean all power to kishvada i've slagged them off a lot of times on this podcast so it's, i'm not gonna have another dig at them again but i am gonna have a dig at them again because you don't want them to be representing hungary like what are they gonna do great great that they could enjoy enjoy a journey but they're going out in the first round, aren't they? Unless they're playing Santa Coloma from Andorra. We've got history with Andorra, Tom. 
Oh, yeah, that is a good point. Get Ilda von Lima back on this show after he's knocked out a Hungarian team. <laughs> now, talking of Honved, obviously rooted to the bottom of the Hungarian first division at the moment, the fallen giants, league champions only a few years ago. Uh, Tamás Bodog was the was the man brought in to, um, to kind of turn the fortunes of the club. Um, he's been told this week that unless they win against MT Carr, that he's going to get the sack. Um, Chris, what do you think of that decision, like to come out and say that? It's not the most helpful of things, but it's also right as well, isn't it, I guess? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're not a bad team in terms of the players that they have. Um, but just looking at the table, you have to ask yourself, 11 games in, Nine points, no no home wins. Not that they have a home to play in, let's be honest. But, I mean, they've been abysmal, haven't they? Um, and, uh, and and Bodog is, uh, I wouldn't say he's the most popular manager in Hungary right now. I mean, he, he hasn't really had a great track record, has he? So, um, MTK are, are doing well. We kind of expected they would. Um you know, it's. I don't think it's too much to ask at this stage. Um, you know, they're a third of the way through the season. They're sitting on the bottom. Yeah, get your ass in gear or get out. Because at this point, it, there's no way to go but up. And if you lose this game, it, it's quite possible you're going to be uh, three to four points deep in the relegation zone. And um, I think for a team like Kishpest, that's just not, um, that's not acceptable. Uh, I don't know what you guys think, but at this point, I don't think it's too harsh at all for them. They they definitely need to win this game. It's at quote home, and um, you know, if anything, they they should be expected to um, uh, to get a good result. But if they don't, yeah, sayonara, sucker, get out of here because we need somebody who's going to lead this team for the next two thirds of the season and at least get us out of relegation, if not at least to to mid table. I'm not sure what the context was in terms of like. MT Car just happened to be this weekend's opponents, therefore don't beat them and you're gone. Or whether it was in terms of, come on, guys, it's MT Car, you've got to be beating them, which in which case would be very, very harsh and unfair. But obviously, we know how the season works in Hungary. It's really, really bizarre that when the winter break happens, there's always like the first part of the season, the second half of the season, by the top two is like an absolute free-for-all and changes all over the place. Two wins would put um, Honved into into seventh place um, where Budafok are sitting. And we're all waxing lyrical about what an amazing season they're having. So it's kind of hard to strike that balance in between, you know, what's good and what's bad. Um, I, I mean, some of, some of the other guys that, that have come in, Pal Ferry, um, you know, saying, like you said, on paper, it doesn't look like a bad side. Um, I genuinely, even, I keep saying it as well, obviously I'm a fan, but even that season that we won it, I didn't, don't think we were really good. We weren't outstanding by any stretch of the imagination. We were just hard to beat um, and, you know, scraped, scraped through a few games. But, Tom, who, who would be a good manager? Who could be the next manager um, to, to push that club on? Tough to say. I feel I feel like a lot of managers could definitely do better than 
Bodog's doing right now. When I um, when Bodog first came to the league, I, I expected so much from him. Um, I almost saw him as the next the next big thing. Really, I expected him to to maybe be the next hungry manager one day. He had a great um, grounding. He'd, he'd been a um, he was a, a Leipzig. Um, before he came to David, uh, before he came to David Takar and is at Bromby as well. Um, and then he started off quite well at David Takar and then went off the boil a little bit. Um, and I think his team was saved by Fernando, obviously, we had on the show um, a few months ago. Went to Kishford, didn't do a lot really again. And now at Andre, he's been worse than ever. Um, so I feel for him like this is his last chance saloon really like he's he's got to he's got to turn this around or like where else is he going to go it's, it's second division fodder now um and i think the team is really good that's why i mean like i think you could bring anyone in and, and they turn this team into a better side um you've got norby ballow who's in my opinion very underrated he, he scored three and seven this season which is pretty decent. You've got Martin Apple back. I know he's been a little bit injured. Well, Gray is a quality footballer. Christos Toff Gaboy, who obviously as a Holly fan, I absolutely love and I can't believe you're wasting him like you are. Um, ruining one of our one of our boys at 19. Um, cheers. Um, you've got Hidi, who's amazing, was like one of Oviedo's best players when he was there, Gosdog, who we all wax lyrical about. Like, it's a really good team. Um, and it's just not performing. Like, you've got Barat at the back, you've got Batik, Christian Tomash. Like, there's so much quality. I, I think you could bring anyone in and they, they perform. I, I don't think it's unfair that um, that Bodog is, is in this situation. Um, I know it's very early into the season and, and they had a Europa League campaign to compete with and, and people always say, oh, that's that always holds holds teams back and stuff. But I don't think that's a, uh, that's fair. They've, they've only played two games this season. They they won one of them and then lost the other. Like It's not like they had loads of travelling to do and stuff. Like I don't think that's an excuse. I, um, I don't think there's any excuse for the way that... Um, on the way they've performed this season. Um, the next man, I'm not sure. But like I say, I think they, I think they could bring anyone in and they'll turn this around. Um, it's a it's a very, very good side. Um, and I remember at the start of the season, people were top, tipping them to be um, not far off Vidi's tail in, in second. Um, and it's just not a good, it's not a good start at all. We've also, as um, Zoltan points out, is that um, COVID has decimated the squad somewhat as well. Um, but, you know, I just think we've had some good individual performances, but we haven't had good team performances. Now, obviously, the manager takes a lot of that, but when you're in the thick of it on the pitch, there has to be a moment as a player that you just think, I know what I should be doing, and they're not doing it. So it's like I don't know. I'm 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 so split on it as as to whether the players take the blame or the manager takes the blame. Um, 
or COVID. Let's just blame COVID. That would be the uh, that would be the easiest. <laughs> I think I think with COVID though, like I, I get the question um, from Zoltan, but like Push Cash, for example, they lost basically half of their team. Like they, they lost more than half of their team. They had they had also Europa League to to play um, with what was it like three first teamers um, and the best rest of them were academy players and push cash are doing okay um, yeah and I know a hundred fan doesn't like me to say that push cash are doing okay and doing better but um, yeah I think COVID's a bit of a um, I wouldn't use that as an excuse I think yeah players manager can't blame COVID everyone, everyone's got the same problem haven't they yeah, it's fair. And, you know, it leads on brilliantly to another another question, Tom. Um, and it's from Charlie, who who was saying, like, who at the moment has the best academy in Hungary? Um, now, he's put apart from Pushkas. Um, and I know we had a we had a little chat before and, and I mentioned that, you know, who says they are the best academy anyway? Um so a sort of mixed re- reception from you guys. Um, but to be fair, when they were decimated by by COVID and played these youngsters and were getting results and were playing some fantastic football, I actually thought, fair played, you're actually living up to your name as being an academy and playing these academy players. And it was really good and refreshing to watch. Um so yeah, it filled that question for me, Tom. Chris, we'll come to you on that in a minute. But you know, what what, what do you think? Best academy in Hungary? I think it could be Pushkash. I think, like you say, this season we're really starting to see like the fruits of of the of the work that's been put in there. Um, and maybe that was just because of COVID decimating the team. But like you, you just look at their their squad, and there's so many youngsters in there who've been playing games. Um, I know one of the other questions is about Komaromi, and we'll come to him as well. Um, but you, you 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 look at a lot of their players like Radic and and Tomasz Kish, another Holly boy, um, who's who's one of the brightest prospects in the league and has been for a while now. You see like Corbu, and then there's a couple of other players at Budafok, uh, Andras Husti. Um, I don't think he's any relation to to Jabi. And then Skribek, who again, I think the, one of the questions is about their both from from Pushkash. Um, I guess you'd want in an ideal world you want to see both of those guys um, playing in the Pushkash team rather than the Wilfok um, team. But it's still good to see them um, in in the league. I think I think it's I think they are quite impressive. Um, I think it's hard to say which team has the best academy. Like MTK are always there or thereabouts in this conversation. They have been for probably since like 1910. Um, they've just renowned for having a good academy and they've always stuck to the principles of playing youngsters, which is it's great to see. And obviously they get a lot of criticism for not spending money. They've have done ever since they won the league in, um, at the turn of the century. Um, and, and at the turn of the decade, I guess, because they got relegated not long after that. But um, I, I, I really like their approach. Um, they've got us, they've got some great players um, in their team this season. 
Um, again, a couple of players who've been asked about, but we've got Sabi Mezai, Sabot Schoen, who is obviously an Ajax product and has come back to Hungary, um, Kata, and their academy's done well in in, uh, in their under-19s league recently as well. The reason why I say it's hard to judge who has the best academy, and, and I think MTKR and Pushkash are the two favourites for me, but when you look at like the under-19s league, it gets won by a different team every year. Um, and that isn't like inconsequential. It's not like a league that no one really takes seriously because with, I think, about six years ago or seven years ago now, they introduced the UEFA Youth League where if you win your under-19s league, you get to play against all the other teams from, from Europe. Um, the under the UEFA Youth League this season hasn't started yet because of COVID, but it will do. Um, and we've had a different team in the in five of in the last five years. We've had MT Car in there once. We've had Hanved in there once. We've had Holly in there once. The boys um, didn't do too great, um, but they were in there. Um, we've had who else have I not mentioned? MT Car in there once, um, and we've had Jaw in there once as well. So. Um, it gets shared around a lot, and and yours another good example. I think I'd probably put them third. Um, they have a lot of first teamers. Um, they have a lot of youngsters who make their first team, but obviously, their first teams in the in the second division. And and sorry, I, I didn't even mention Voshosh. I think Voshosh are in the representative this season. Oh no, Voshosh are top of the league this season, so um, they might be in in the champion in the UEFA Youth League. So that might make it six. And also because Frodi are in the Champions League, they'll also be in the UEFA Youth League this season as well. So seven representatives in six years. Um it kind of just shows how evenly spread that the um the youth um talent is in Hungary. I think obviously there are centralizations and 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 MT Car is one of those, Pushkash is one of those. Um I don't and, and and another reason why it's hard to judge is because there are a lot of second, um, there are a lot of B teams who play in the third tier. So uh, there's a Frodi B team, there's a Vidi B team, there's a Pushkash B team, <clears throat> sorry, Kishwada B team. A lot of the first division teams, essentially, Onved, Wipes, Poch, Kishwada, Mezakovic, they all play in um, in the third tier. So it's hard to even judge those under 19 leagues because. Obviously, everyone wants to win them, but sometimes those under-19 players play in the second, in the B team. So, it, yeah, that league ends up being a bit lopsided. Um, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> end result, it's hard to judge, but I'd say MTKR, Pushkash, Jaw. But what's I think most disappointing is that Froddy's isn't that great. Um, and it hasn't been um, typically for a long time. They, they, if you look what they do, usually they buy young players um, after someone else has done the the hard work for them, or they just buy the best players in the league, um, which is obviously obviously works quite well for Bayern Munich. But you want to see them improve their academy and hopefully they will do soon I'm sure like if a Froddy fan is listening to this they'll say oh what about him what about him but it's not as consistent as you see across other teams and I guess another argument you could make if you're a Froddy fan is saying 
yeah, but it's harder to get in the Friday first team, which is, I guess, completely fair. But you don't really see that many Friday players who come through the academies go elsewhere into the league. So, um, yeah, I think I think they need to improve personally. If if we want to see Hungarian football get better, we want to see the best team and the biggest club in the, in the league um, improve and bring academy players through on a regular basis. Tom, that is absolutely outstanding. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that is why this is the greatest Hungarian football podcast on the planet with knowledge like that. I'm I'm seriously impressed with that, Tom. That's really, really, really good knowledge, really deep knowledge. Um, Chris, Tom mentioned some of the youngsters um, there. Now, Bense has um, given us a question. Which youngster excites you guys the most in NB1 at the moment? Uh, Tom mentioned Komoromi, uh, Shone, Skribek. Who's doing it for you, Chris? Uh, I think the list that he mentions is, is, is a pretty comprehensive list. I mean, if we're looking at 18 to 20-year-old players, um, you know, Komarami is uh, a player, I think, that really um, has been someone that we've looked forward to seeing. And then him playing this year at the beginning for Pushkash was really kind of uh, was a neat experience. I mean, he hasn't played much recently, but... Um, uh, the, those first seven games or so when he played, he scored twice. Uh, he looked really good on and off the ball. And, um, you know, I think if anything, uh, I'm not quite sure how much he'll play now with uh, most of the push cash regulars coming back into the side, but uh, definitely gives a nice window to the future for him. Uh, and again, 18 years old, you, you would think that uh, he would take another year or two to season, but um, I, I still think he, can definitely come off the bench. I think he's somebody that we can look forward to um, uh, and just has a really, really confident, calm looking control skill uh, uh, on the ball. And uh, he's going to be somebody I think that we can look forward to uh, in the future. I think um, I'm really most impressed uh, with Sabo Shun, who at 20 years old um, has played every game for MTK, probably one of the top two or three players on the team, honestly, even at 20 years old, um, you know, he's scored twice. He's set up two goals, uh, just looks really good on that left side. And, um, you know, again, it, it, he's, he's two years, uh, Kamaromi's senior, but, um, you know, he's, uh, he's the real deal. And I think he's, he looks good. Um, uh, Mahai Kata also at 18 years old, 18, 19, I'm not quite sure playing in that central midfield position. Um, really even, uh, looks really good, but Enteka is as uh, as Thomas said uh, has a history of giving these younger players uh, a chance, and and um, this year they're looking really good. And I do think it's because of uh, their play, not in spite of it, not you know they're not just being handed uh, quote unquote a um, um, uh, you know just a shot. I, I think they're they're beginning to uh, rely upon Shun and. Um, uh, his industry there on the left side and uh, in attack. So uh, it's it's definitely fun watching that. Skribek is, um, uh, an, again, another really good player. I think he's played nine of the 10 or 11 games they've played uh, with three goals and um, just an, another delightful player to, to watch. So, yeah, I think it's um, we're at a really good place in terms of – here's my optim- optimism coming out again. I think we're at a really good place in seeing some of these young players um, – 
uh, really blossom. Uh, and, you know, COVID could just be a mixed blessing. And, and the fact that it's giving some of these players a chance to, uh, to really put their stamp on there and say, hey, this is what I can do. Um, we saw that with with Pushkas. Um, uh, I've just been going through and seeing that uh, teams like Weepesht and MTK and um, uh, and Pushkas have had you know ten to 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 twelve or thirteen uh, twenty or younger uh, aged players, twenty years old or younger aged players playing at least one or two games. Uh, this season is really unheard of, um, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, and I think a lot of that has to do with the pandemic and, and whatnot. But um, but it's definitely been fun watching some of these players come up. But um, uh, just to get back, circling back to the question here, yeah, those four probably would be the, the top four that I would think of um, this season. And um, uh, for me, Shun would be on top, obviously, because he's a couple years older and uh, is really uh, uh, leading MTK in a lot of different categories, um, especially if you go into Instat and kind of see his average ratings. It's just been amazing. But uh, Komarami, I think, is the one to to keep your eye on uh, in years looking ahead. I just got oh, one more as well. Like I really, I really like um, Rego Santo um, at ZTU. We've not really seen the best out of him. I think he's also struggling because he's in a in a poor side. But um, he he was like dominant at Jaw. Um, Froddy bought him. Um, he's played on the 21s games. He's only just turned 20. Um, really nice uh, left-footed player. Plays usually on the right. I think he's he's really talented as well. Um, and I know Benson didn't mention him, but I think um, I think he's another one we should really keep an eye on. Um, I guess, like I say, said earlier about Lydini, Froddy don't buy players without a reason. And I think um, they bought him with with a lot of expectation and and though he's not performed that great for ZT, I think he's someone we should keep an eye on as well. Yeah, excellent. They also brought in, um, Pushkas also brought in Roddix last year um, and uh, he hasn't played much this year, but I still think that he's got some talent um, and uh, maybe hasn't been as good this season, but I think that's, he's another, he's another talent um, that we can look forward to seeing as well. Definitely. Tom, this, this is quite, I mean, Chris makes a great point there that w- with the COVID situation, clubs have been forced to to play these younger players. Um, and tying this in with with a question from Charlie, who's saying, um, is the Hungarian First Division as a league getting better or is it just Friday that have improved? Um, is there any way Friday's success in Europe will filter down to the other clubs? Now, the reason I put that question in there with, with what Chris is saying is that how many owners do you think now of clubs are going to be like taking away um, money from the transfer budget, seeing what these youngsters can do and throwing them into it like this and realising that, okay, Friday is so far ahead from everyone else, as are Vidi possibly, so that why do we need to invest money um, in, in buying players when we should be developing our squads? Yeah, so it's a really, really tough question. Um, because I guess that does make the logical sense, doesn't it? Like you, you develop all these youngsters yourself, um, you can well i guess it gives you better chance to to mold a team that could challenge if they all end up being good um and if you want to sell these players that's a that's the best way to make money isn't it to to produce your own players and then sell them on for a lot of money 
Um, yeah, it, there's so many kind of strings to it. Like if you don't bring in the foreign talent, um, which we have seen a lot more of down over the past few years, where even someone like Yukishvada and Yemezakov is the full of um, well, Brazilian players in, in the case of Kishvada, um, then I guess the league will be weakened a little bit. I mean, I don't particularly think a lot of the talent that these kind of clubs bring in is that great, but I think it is greater than the if 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 the league was just full of Hungarian players. It's a catch twenty two. Um, is the league getting better? I think so. I really do. I think some of the talents. I mean, you look at Hanved's team, for example, and their bottom of the league reeled off a lot of um, noticeable players um, that have been capped by Hungary, have been capped by Hungary in the 21s, have played uh, for good teams abroad. Like, that's the team that are bottom of the league um, at the moment. The Bretson team with Danny Turger, with Adam Bordi, um, so many other ex-Hungarian internationals um, and and MB1 stalwarts getting relegated last season. I think it does show that the league is getting better, and I think I think it's harsh to say it's just Froddy getting better because I think we've seen. I think it's definitely harsh to to, to Vidi to say that because we've seen Vidi be ultra competitive every time they play in Europe. Um, well, we saw it when they, they qualified for the Europa League um, and, and drew against Chelsea. Um, we saw it this season. We saw it a couple of seasons ago, the season before they qualified, when they beat Bordeaux. They're, um, they're, a, they're a super good team um, and they would be winning pretty much any league, uh, any Hungarian league if, if Roddy weren't there. Um it's just it's the tier below it is a little bit worse uh, than those two obviously um but i think they're still better on average than than what we've had down the years but we just i think what they struggle with is that the best players usually just move um and it's not surprising really is it because like if you're well look at uh, Zivzivadze, who had, he looked reasonably impressive um, at Mezokovic, and then he goes to be, what, second choice or third choice sometimes, um, first choice sometimes as well at Vidi. Um, you see um, Daniel Jory scores like one worldie uh, for the Bretson, Vidi snap him up. Um, I think that's the problem, that those two teams are so strong that Anytime a team gets a few good players um, who potentially could be good for one of the top two, they get snapped up. David Chige, for example, like the, I mean, you don't need me to name them; you just know them, don't you? Like, it happens all the time. Um, we want another couple of teams to be really good. I mean, we've seen Pushkash Academy get better, and like last season, we saw. Um, we saw them not challenge the top two, but they were they were there or thereabouts, and they had some quality quality players like Gercho, for example. Like Gercho was 
was an awesome player at his best and he, he sometimes showed that he was best was still there and like Nezovic and um yeah I think I think Pushkash the team that probably could be that third place and and in my opinion this is a long wind of way of saying yes I think it is getting better Chris what have you made of Vidi in second place um at the moment um you think the, the the team's starting to take shape, or is it too soon to tell? What, 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 do, you, what do you make of um, Gabor Martin's work? I think Gabor Martin's best work was at Dallas next last year. Um, I mean, we're talking about a second place um, on top of a, a fairly underperforming Hungarian league this year. When you have Kishvarda as your closest challenger. Um, you know, I mean, they 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 they've done okay. Um, I, I feel like they've had some good performances. Um, let's uh, the 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 last two games. I mean, they they've won their last two games against um, uh, uh, Diaz Dior at home, and then ZTE at home. Um, you know, again a ZTE team that's also been underperforming. Um, so picked up six points in their last two games against two underperforming teams. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I think they're, I, I, the jury's still out long story short for me. Um, I think they're, um, they, they, they still have some really good players. I think, uh, Nikolic is still, um, kind of in charge up front. Um, he's, he scored six goals and, um, is the captain and it's rightfully so. And he's doing well. Petriak is still, uh, quality, um, uh, as Tom said, Zivzavaj is uh, still a, a dangerous player. Nigo is also, you know, um, a player that I think is uh, is quality. So again, when you look at the team, uh, you've got a lot of players that are producing. Um, uh, Funcho is he's got six assists this year, and I think this is one of his better years as well. So um, I like the players they brought in. Evandro looks really good. Um, uh, they brought in Huri last year, um, who's looking really good. Um, so, um, you know, um, uh, Musliu also on defense, um, is, uh, is looking good. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I just, I feel like, um, you know, this is a team that is, uh, is, is ripe for second place. How's that? I don't know if they're going to, um, challenge Friday at all this season, um can they yes um but i think now with uh the uh, unlikeliness that um uh that friday's european campaign is going to move into the spring i think friday now turns attention towards home and they're gonna um uh i, I think i think they're gonna win easily if um if maybe that's too that's too much to say at this point but i i, I definitely think that uh they're gonna take take the league again this year um, I mean, they got a game in hand. They're four points uh, clear, and uh, and Vidi are, are are a good team, but I I don't think that they're they're going to challenge uh, Friday moving into the second half of the season. And Chris, to, to, we, we Zoltan sent a great question in as well about about Zalaegazeg um, mm-hmm. in in terms of the poor results that they've had recently. Um, what do you make of their chances of, of, of staying up? Um, is Gabor Burr the right person for the job? Um, 
let's yeah. you know remember this this guy has three years ago he was manager of Becker's Chaba and now he's <laughs> in charge down there at a club where after last season the finish that they had they were expected to do really good things. Yeah, I think Bora's done um, done an okay job. I mean, if, uh, let, let's not forget they started the season fairly well, right? Um, and, and I think some of that. Uh, especially uh, after losing players like Andres Radu and uh, Sultan Stieber, uh, Gergo Bobal and and Mitrovic also. I mean, you, you, you got really <laughs> their in, entire offensive production was stripped from that club and added uh, Konich and, um, you know, uh, but they started the season really well. If you look uh, at where they were last year after 11 games, uh, they're right at about where they were. Um, they, they're both, uh, in terms of, um, in terms of their record, right. They, I think they have 11 points this season. They had 10 points at this season last year. Okay. Uh, they were, they were under the relegation line last year at this time. Um, when, when Dobosh was, uh, yeah. was managing. Okay. They're in eighth place now. Um, but, but I think the, the difference is, I think we all remember, uh, ZTE as a team. We were thinking, man, they're just. They, they shouldn't be this low. You know, they were losing games by a goal. They were, they were scoring. They were, they were playing uh, really well and competing really well with some of the best teams. You don't feel like that now, do you? I mean, I, they, they, they're definitely, they've flipped. Instead of starting off slow, they started off fast, and now they're kind of moving into maybe complacency. And what I feel like has happened is, is um, you know, because they still have the same defensive core as last year. They still have Lesjak. They have Betty, they have Bob, uh, David Bobal um, in the back. And so they've, uh, they still have the right tools and they st- still should be a, a fairly good, not that they were a great defensive side. They really, they really did keep up with the, some of the better teams by playing a good counterattacking, a good attacking. Uh, and I think they surprised some teams last year. But I kind of feel like, like Bora has maybe, um, uh, I don't want to say worn out as welcome. Maybe, maybe the fact that he came in with a certain strategy and has not been able to adjust to the adjustments of the league. So the teams that uh, maybe he, he, he took by surprise a little bit at the beginning of the season, now flipping in, into the second time, seeing everybody, um, he's, they're going to have a hard, he's going to have a hard time maybe uh, adjusting. This is his first season in Hungarian top flight, and maybe it's just taking its toll at this point. I definitely think that with the, like you mentioned, the players that left, I mean, the goals that were taken out of that team overnight it, it, it is scary. To keep them in the division with all those losses should be the realistic goal for the fans. Um, but it's such a funny world football, isn't it? How, you know, the expectation rises after half a good season, but <laughs> it's the game we love. Um Tom, we're going to take it across the pond now with uh, a question from Tamas Kun, who uh, he wants to hear your opinion regarding Saloy's future after this season. Um, Tamas thinks he probably needs a change of scenery, but where should he go? He has much more talent than he showed in the past two seasons in MLS. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Um, obviously, I had him on the show a couple of times. He's uh, the man for our outro as well um and obviously i guess we all want him to do well um such a nice lad um and he looked to be taking the world by storm when he first moved to 
Uh, well, I mean, he was there in MLS through the academy, wasn't he? But when he first started uh, making moves in the first team, uh, scored a cup-winning uh, goal and and a couple of other really big, important goals um, for SKC. And, and yeah, it's just not really happened for him the past couple of years. Um, I'm not sure why. He just, I, I don't know if it's um, something maybe to do with his attitude, which I, I think that's probably um, not the case because he doesn't seem like that kind of character. Um, but for whatever reason, he just doesn't seem to be playing. Um, where he can move to, it's difficult because I know he could easily just move to another MLS team. I think that's fine. Like a, a, An MLS team will certainly take a point on him. But I feel that it's just not a good move because... We've seen it with Christian Nemeth recently. Like he's been to a, a few MLS teams now. He went to New England Revolution, barely played a game there. He went back to SKC, barely played a game there. Now he's at Columbus, um, and barely playing a game there. So that would is likely to happen, I think, for Charlotte. Like he's he's going to go to these teams and and probably just ride the bench. Where else he will go, I don't know. I know he loves it in MLS and he loves living in America, um, loves living in sport in, in Kansas City. He feels like that's his home. He said as much to us um, on the podcast. Um, so I think it's a really difficult one. He won't want to come back to Hungary. He, I, I know that for sure. But who will want him? It's difficult. Um and like that's the problem, I guess, with MLS. Um, where do you go from there? Um, it, it, it's best. It's a great league. Um, it's got some. It's got some quality footballers in there. But the players who ride the pine, as as they say over in America, as probably Chris says, um, they they are not much better than. Um, than the Slovakian League or the Hungarian League, or um, at least that's how they're perce- perceived. I'm sure they probably are better, but like you, their their league is so unequal. I guess you've got some absolutely amazing players. You've got Nani, you've got Iguain, but then you've got I don't know. Liam Ridgewell was one of the better defenders over there for a long time, which, as anyone who watches English football knows, he's not great, um, and. So I think that's what how Shaloyo will be perceived because he's barely played for the past couple of years. So who takes a punt on him? He's getting a little bit older, 24, is he or something now? Um, it is a really difficult question um, because Hungary obviously seems like the logical solution. And if nowhere else pops up, I'm sure he will come back to Hungary. But... Um, You'd like to see, hopefully, maybe get a move to the Swiss League or maybe to Dots. Um, but, I mean, I love Dots, but it's not much of a step up from the Hungarian League, is it really? Maybe not a step up anymore. Um, I mean, we've seen players like Ketchkes go to, to Lugano in Switzerland. Then we've seen Kevin Varga go to... Um, I can't even pronounce them, that team in... Um, so yeah where he'll go don't know but um, hopefully he gets a good move because he's a good lad and like he's like 
Tomas said, he's a, he's a quality footballer and, and has so much more talent than he's shown these past couple of years. And that's the that's the biggest disappointment out of all this. Like, we know he's got loads of talent. It's just will the scouts and the money makers and the decision makers um, also see that talent and prepare to take a risk on him? Um, because I think he could easily make it in the in the Dutch league in the in the Belgium league, but I think the perception of MLS is something that's going to hold him back, and and that's a real shame. Yeah, well, you know, the season's over for him. There, his team lost three uh, 0 to Minnesota in the conference semi-finals. Um, that's the season done, and his contracts on the 31st of this month so it will be interesting like you say he really seems like he's having such a good time in America I think to leave that behind would be quite tough um, and you know I, I do question whether he, he may may think that you know the, the, the college system and all that might be the way to go and, 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 and a job away from football in order to be you know in order to stay there but you never know his, his, his father's obviously his agent as well and will will be guiding him along but yeah we, we'll watch and see where where he ends up there's all yeah there's always like the second division like usl but Absolutely. i just think he's i think he's just so much better than that and that's but but you, you can't have a go at a kid for wanting to play and live his life in america can you like I, I guess you want to see like ambition from people, but you also just see them wanting to have a good time and, and live their life. So if, if he makes the move to USL and thrives there and then maybe gets a move back to MLS one day, yeah, all, all good, all, all power to him, really. Definitely, absolutely, definitely. Um, Chris, we've got a question from David Dolak. Um, we're just going to finish up now with a couple of national team questions. Um and David saying, with the development of this year, can this Hungarian team become a steady member of the um, A group in the in the Nations League, and uh, finally leave the decades of um, mediocrity behind them? And uh, or will we we be like Wales with just one superstar with uh, Soboslai in our case, and a bunch of average Joes for the rest of the team? Well, I mean, if I could tell the future, I wouldn't be doing podcasts, you know, um, and uh, that's that's as much as this is worth. But, you know, I, 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 I'd like to think that um, they're kind of at their sweet spot right now. And, you know, 2020 has really uh, challenged all of us in terms of how far this Hungarian team can go. Um, they've they've impressed um, on a number of levels and have really surprised us in a lot of ways. Um, I'd like to think that they can stay up in A. Um, I, that's probably more of a hope than anything. I, I like the future. I like what we see. I, I, and going back to the last podcast, I like the culture that they're developing in this team and the fact that they are um, winners. They definitely are playing like they're winners, uh, which is something that uh, we, we haven't really seen since the last Euros. Um you know, there, there was that huge dip in form and um, just confusion with uh, leadership and all that stuff. And now it seems like they're coming around full circle. So um, I, I guess what, what, I'd, what I'd like to think is that they would somehow bounce around between the top of B and, and lower A. Um, I don't know. Um, and and uh, I don't know what you, you guys think about this. I, I just don't, I don't see them getting to a point, at least anytime in the near future, 
of um, really challenging the Spains and the um, uh, Germany's and the Belgium's and all that, but um, or England and whatnot. But but to to stay in A or to to kind of bounce around between the top of B and, and lower A, I think uh, is is a good place for them to be um, moving forward. And um, I'm I'm expecting them to uh, surprise us again this summer. Um, and uh, but uh, but I think just long term, I think if they if they stay in that uh, that area, that gray area between B and A, I think that's good for them. Yeah, definitely. And and Tom uh, got a question from Garafan uh, on Twitter who asks which under the radar player is most likely to get a semi big move with a good Euro showing, similar to Norge and Kleinheisler from two thousand and sixteen. Uh, Kalmar, Gazdag, Vida. What do you think, Tom? Vida, interesting. Um, I find that interesting that Christopher Vida hasn't been in the squad, actually, because he was quality at darts. And I know he hasn't played that much in Poland, but I think he's he's a better option than someone like Schaefer. Um, anyway, um, I think Kalmar... Kalmar, yeah, would, I think, almost certainly get a move next summer. Um, if he doesn't move in January, uh, if I was his agent right now, I'd be showing um, clips of his performances over the last few national team games to all the clubs across Europe and saying, get this lad before um, before anyone else does when he shows his talent next summer, because um, he, he's, he's going to be a, a, a very wanted man, um, in my opinion. I think... I think Attila Zolai as well um, will be um, will be a move. I can't say him staying in in Cyprus much longer. If I mean Cyprus isn't the worst league in the world. They've got a um, they've got a team in the Europa League um, in Amonia. Um, obviously, Adam Long plays for. Um, but I, I think I think he's he's destined to move as well. Maybe in January as well. Again, I do do the same as what the agents. Um, um, of uh, Colmar should do really. Um, I think those two. I, I'm not sure about anyone else really. Um, I think it's gonna. The only thing is, it's gonna be really hard to impress. Like I, I say about Colmar, and and he's gonna impress everyone. But I mean, it's not particular. It's not guaranteed, is it? Because we're playing Germany, France, and Portugal, and if we get battered five 0 by every team there. Um, which I mean, I don't think we will. I think we'll lose probably two by two goals and one goal and maybe a three goal at, at worst. But um, it's it's going to be just hard for them to showcase themselves really because there's no team to really showcase themselves to on our level or a little bit above our level. They're all um, yeah much higher. Uh, I'd say Kalmar and, and Zolai, but apart from that, not sure. Yeah, it's definitely like you say. How, how do these guys get the chance to play the way that they naturally do? When obviously the setup's going to be really disciplined towards you know not conceding, but um, stranger things have happened. Guys, that's the end of the questions and this episode. And there've been some great questions there and some absolutely brilliant answers from both the guys as well. So I really hope you've enjoyed this episode of the pod. Um, next time round, we're definitely going to do the um, World Cup draw. Um, I 
too busy to get it organised this week. I was help helping to put some drain pipes back up in Belgium, but I'll be on it this week, I promise you. And um, we're also going to have a competition that you guys at home can join in as well. And and what we're going to do is I'm going to give some Hungarian words out to these guys, and they're going to have to guess whether it's a Hungarian football team or a Hungarian word. So we'll see how that goes. Take care, everyone. Stay safe, and we will see you on the next episode very soon. Peace, lad. Stay safe and uh, keep listening to the podcast. <laughs>